Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. A warm welcome to St. Bride's Church in Cambus Lang for the celebration of this afternoon's Mass, which is, of course, the funeral Mass for the repose of the soul of Teresa Cairns. We welcome especially to the church Martin and Margaret and Joe and Diane and David, Davy and Jackie, uh, and all the grandchildren all the family relatives who are here, and all the family friends. A special word of welcome to all of those that will be joining us on the recording uh, today, uh, especially all of those uh, that are watching in Ireland. We send a special greeting to them and thank them for their presence here with us. Many people would have wanted to have been here with you today, as you know, but are unable to be here because of the restrictions. But they send to this family that are here uh, today their condolences, their love, their affection, and their prayers. Today we've come uh, in sadness, uh, but we've also come in joy and thanksgiving. We want to thank God for a good life, a generous life, and a kind life. Uh, and we want to commend uh, Teresa, especially in our Mass to the Lord. But we want to thank God for the graces received uh, through her life, to family, to friends, and to the many people that she met in her life. To begin the Mass and to offer it more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, Almighty Father, 
our faith professes that your son died and rose again. Mercifully grant that through this mystery, your servant Teresa, who has fallen asleep in Christ, may rejoice to rise again through him, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Please be seated. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Dear friends, let us love one another, since love comes from God, and everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Anyone who fails to love can never have known God, because God is love. And God's love for us was revealed when God sent into the world his only Son, so that we could have life through him. This is the love I mean. Not our love for God, but God's love for us when he sent his son to be the sacrifice that takes our sins away. Dear friends, since God has loved us so much, we too should love one another. No one has ever seen God, but as long as we love one another, God will live in us and his love will be complete in us. The word of the Lord.
from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Be ambitious for the higher gifts, and I am going to show you a way that is better than any of them. If I have all the eloquence of men or of angels, but speak without love, I am simply a gong booming or a cymbal clashing. If I have the gift of prophecy, understanding all the mysteries there are, and knowing everything, and if I have faith in all its fullness to move mountains, but I'm without love, then it will do me no good whatever. If I give away all that I possess piece by piece, and if I even let them take my body to burn it, but I'm without love, it will do me no good. For love is always patient and kind. It's never jealous. Love is never boastful or conceited. It's never rude or selfish. It doesn't take offence and is not resentful. Love takes no pleasure in other people's sins, but delights in the truth. It's always ready to excuse, to trust, to hope, and to endure whatever comes. Love does not come to an end. The word of the Lord. Please stand. with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. And Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still and trust in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. If there were not, I should have told you. I'm going now to prepare a place for you. And after I've gone and prepared your place, and I shall, I shall return to take you with me, so that where I am, you may be too. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Please sit down. I've often thought that it must be a hard experience for a person to leave the country that they grew up in, all the ties that they had there, and to move to another country, leaving behind family and friends and places that they have loved. But it says something for people who do that, and of course you know that they are numerous. There must be something that they have, adventurous and brave and resolute, for they face what must be an uncertain future, 
but they're willing to take that chance, if you like. Often, of course, their decision is dictated by circumstances, work, employment, housing and wages, and what might be thought of a greater hope for a more secure future. Many people, as you know, down through the centuries have left Ireland to travel and to settle in other lands. Perhaps they leave with that sense that they will return one day. But often that's not the case because life itself moves on. They make a life in the land that they have travelled to. Their family are born and settled there and they stay on. They spend a whole lifetime, if you like, in a new land that they've come to and know now as their own. Such has been the case uh, for Teresa. She moved here early in the 1960s and lived for the rest of her life here. Of course, if you met her, her strong Dublin accent, you would have thought she came here just a few months ago, for she never lost that accent and never lost the love of her country and the city that she'd left behind. In a way, you would say that she didn't leave it behind, but she simply carried it with her. In the hospital just a short while ago, uh, when Teresa passed away, she had, by that stage, a long life, 88 years, almost 60 years spent here with us in Scotland. She had a very contented life, brought up a family, lived to see grandchildren born and grow up, and fitted very well into this community, amongst neighbours and the many friends. She was at home in this community and the parishes which she attended and belonged to. In the Mass today, we offer this Mass for the repose of her soul, and she would be very happy at that, that the Mass is offered for her at her passing from this life. She had, as you will know yourself, a very deep faith and was a deeply religious woman. In Ireland, she had had a strong formation in her faith, which never left her. Belief, prayer, the sacraments were anchor points of her life. Like a tent that has firm pegs in the ground, that was her faith. Winds might howl, rain might fall, Storms might rise, but those pegs were firmly fixed in the ground and gave her strength uh, in everything that came in her life. Up until more recent days of months, if you like, of the, the, the virus, she wasn't able to manage to get to Mass, but most days she was here, even in those latter years when it was proving difficult for her to walk up her if you like, climb the hill. She frequently asked me over the years to pray uh, each day for special intentions. Uh, when she used to come, she used to ask this, and she used to ask me to say masses that were for special people in her life. Today, I'd like to draw to your attention uh, Teresa's faith and the uh, continuity, the strength 
and the resoluteness of that faith. That faith that she received in Ireland was lived out every day in her life and was present, you must know, in those last days and hours of her life as well when I was able to pray with her and administer the sacraments. It's like someone, if you like, running a marathon. She was not in it for the short sprint or the middle distance. She was in it for the long haul. I think the quality of her faith was like this, for it showed itself in perseverance, endurance, keeping going. In consequence, that faith itself grew, matured, blossomed, and bore fruit. I would like also to mention to you today about her her life of prayer. She had a very strong, powerful intercessory prayer in her life. She prayed for all sorts of things in life and all sorts of outcomes. Maybe, as you know, she was of a slightly anxious nature and she worried about many things. But in prayer, she let these things rest with the Lord. Today, the Mass is our place, is the place that we've come to, and we also turn to prayer today. At the end of her life, we commend her to Almighty God, but we are not anxious. We are full of confidence that there is a warm and hearty welcome for her in the house of the Lord in which, as we heard in the Gospel, there are many rooms. All her life, all her strivings, all that she wished to do is summed up in this moment. God will surely reward her, bless her with peace and the eternal peace that she always prayed for every day of her life. Martin is going to say a few words about Mum's life at the end of Mass, but just a a few things to put things in context for myself. Teresa was born uh, in the early 30s. She was brought up in the centre of Dublin, a bustling and busy place that she loved all her life and knew at the back of her hand. She frequently returned there. Her dad was Francis and her mum Bridget, her sister Carmel and her brother Thomas. It was a deeply devout family in which she drank deeply from that faith in the family. Her report cards uh, from school say that she was a good timekeeper. Her attendance was good and she was punctual. I'm not sure that modern report cards would say anything of the like today. She was good, apparently, at needlework and cooking as well. In leaving school, she worked in a clothing factory where she was a checker of the garments. You might know uh, that she was, in her young life, had a serious illness, which she showed great courage in recovering from. And she was to have other illnesses throughout her life, which, again, she showed the same degree of courage in overcoming. She was good friends uh, with Rita Donoghue and May Lynham and Lily Fullard, 
and Joan Smith and Maureen Byrne and Ina Morrow and Nancy Cairns. They were adventurous girls and got to travel to Blackpool, which must have seemed like the other ends of the world when you were living in Ireland in those days. She met uh, Tommy uh, through her friend, uh, Tommy's sister Nancy, and Tommy and herself were married on the 28th of December 1961 in Inchicore. They moved here to Cambus Lang. Tommy was a crane driver in the Hallside Steelworks. Theresa was a housewife, and of course the children arrived as the years followed. Martin in 1963, Margaret in 1967, and Joseph in 1972. She loved her children very much, and they were the light of her life and the apple of her eye. Although a stranger in these lands, uh, she soon made friends with the Welsh family, the Howdens, the Keynes, the Browns, and many, many others. The family themselves were to live at Newton and Hallside and Halfway and Westburn and the Glasgow Road, and in her latter years, Teresa lived in that beautiful flat in Clydeford Place. She was, lived to, she was to live to see, of course, the grandchildren, and of course, they were very special in her life. And like many older people and grandparents, these grandchildren brought great joy to her heart. She had a long married life uh, to Tommy and nursed him in illness in a very dedicated way, and he has been much missed since his death. Each year, the family themselves and Therese, of course, gathered for an annual mass of remembrance on or near his death. She was no stranger, as I've mentioned to you already, uh, with regard to illness, many serious illnesses which she overcame with great courage. Even in the last years of her life, she was so independent. We get on a bus, travel to far distant places on her own, because she was very independent. Although new to Scotland in those early days, she soon became involved in parish life, with a special love for St. Charles's in Newton, the Women's Guild, in which she herself was an office bearer. She loved her visits to McCallum's in the Main Street with her friends. She loved coming to Mass in the morning. She loved uh, the Tuesday Club, and she loved the trips away with the parish to anywhere and everywhere. She was an active, energetic, independent woman all her days. And family and friends have meant everything to her. She led a very contented life and was very much at home here in the parish, in her town, and in the places that she lived. Thinking about Teresa's life uh, today, I suppose in those younger years of her life, she could never have imagined that she would spend so much of her life here in Scotland. Sometimes and often, we don't know the direction that our life will take. 
where our road will lead, what places that we will find ourselves in. But when we walk with faith, I suppose we have that quiet reassurance that God is with us and will direct us to the good and the important things in life. Today, every road we believe has its destination. And today we've come here to express that here in this church, where all roads lead to the mercy and love of God, where we will all be gathered together. All the work of life over, all the trials overcome, all the weakness and weariness no more. We reach that place where we have been travelling to, to the love and the mercy of God. In God's mercy, may he grant trees a peace. May he reward her and bless her for kindness and goodness. May he welcome her to the home in which there are very many rooms. May the door be thrown open. May the place be set. And may she be ushered into the halls that are filled with light. sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we humbly present to you these offerings, O Lord, for the salvation of your servant, Teresa, we beseech your mercy that she who did not doubt to be your son to be a loving saviour may find in him a most merciful judge. We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For even though by our own fault we perish, yet by your compassion and your grace, when seized by death according to our sins, we are redeemed through Christ's great victory and with him called back into life. So with the powers of heaven we worship you constantly in earth, and before you, without end, we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest.
You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them what did you fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And at the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. And remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant, Teresa, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that she who is united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. We invite you please to stand. We pray together in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not in our sins but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who will live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Lamb of God.
behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Just a word with regard to Holy Communion today. Normally you would come forward to receive Holy Communion, but because of the restrictions, not able to do that. So if you'd like to receive Holy Communion, then you just simply stand in your place, uh, put out your hand to receive Communion. Uh, and then once you've received Communion, then you just uh, simply sit down. Uh, if you wouldn't like to receive Communion uh, today, uh, then uh, if you'd like to receive a blessing, then again, just to stand uh, and to put your hand on your breast. And just as a pass by I'll give you a blessing uh, instead of obviously giving you communion and then uh, again uh, just as in communion you can just sit down after that uh, but if you don't want to receive a blessing or a holy communion today then just to simply sit where you are uh, and of course then I'll uh, pass by so if you'd like to receive holy communion or blessing please now stand <laughs>
Excuse me if I want to prepare myself. First of all, uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'd just like to say a few words about my mum on behalf of Margaret Joseph uh, and myself. Theresa Fitzpatrick and Theresa Cairns was uh, basically a life in two halves. Mum was born, his father's already filled in most of my speech with his very kind words earlier on. He <laughs> uh, was born in Dublin in September 1932 in Lower Kevin Street in the city centre. However, it was in Angel Street in the surrounding areas where she grew up and made her lifelong friendships and acquaintances. Looking back at her photographs, she was a happy and enthusiastic young woman who loved to holiday uh, often, it seemed, with all her friends. I'm sure the grandchildren, especially the girls, would be surprised how glamorous her grandmother was in this early part of her life. Even the tragedy of being stricken with polo never, uh, never dimmed her spirits. When our families visit Dublin now, we still make a point of visiting my mum's friends, my mum's friends' families, uh, as we've enjoyed lifelong connections with them. Also, the fact to any excuse for visiting home, drinking Guinness, much to, my, much to Teresa's tutting disapproval. Through her friendship with Rita and then connecting with Nancy, she met Tommy. Marriage in St Michael's and Inchicore ensued before she set off for a new life in the People's Republic of Cambus Lang. She assumed the role of housewife and mother to myself, Margaret and Joseph as we all came along. As with Dublin, she readily made friends, but she also had the benefit of my dad's ready-made family here in Glasgow. We all remember the house parties, uh, initially with my auntie Annie, who would be my dad's sister's, uh, my dad's mum's uh, sister, and also through that, all of the Welshes, the Howdens, the Canes, 
and the Browns, and all the effort that everyone made when they came along to a party to get ready, and then being forced to sing once spin the ball came. You didn't escape that. Teresa, again, as Father said, I think he's wrote my speech for me, had an adventurous spirit, maybe not for foreign holidays by plane, but anywhere that could be reached by coach or train. As a young boy, I especially remember going to Helensborough by bus from the Broomalaw one Sunday, and then going on a mystery tour the following Sunday from the Broomalaw to Helensborough. My mum took it in her stride, she thought it was all part of the adventure. She also enjoyed the coach down to London where her sister Carmel stayed. And I'm awful pleased to see Gregory has made it up uh, from down south to attend uh, his aunt's funeral. When we grew up, mum and dad and some of all of the friends continued with these trips. I don't think there was anywhere my mum and the rest of the crowd did go to. And I'm sure they kept Davy Urquhart tours in business for many, many years. Despite not having a great formal education herself, she was always very involved and enthusiastic about her own children's education and latterly was always asking our grandchildren how they were getting on in school and in their careers. When we were uh, very young, we never really had any pets apart from a goldfish. But as we got older, we took in a rescue cat. My mum struck up an amazing bond with the cat, so much so that the cat knew when Teresa was coming home from work and actually met her off the bus in Westburn Road. The cat was also keen on sitting in my mum's head, causing much question and hilarity in the house. Unfortunately, my dad became seriously ill, but Teresa selflessly uh, devoted herself to his care for the next 10 years. Although she became widowed at only 61, she became closer to a group of friends, initially from the St. Charles days and the Women's Guild, and laterally the various groups uh, within St. Bride's. But she also had many friends outside these groups as well. But she and Chance and McCallum's, generally, Father, you must have been reading over my shoulder, uh, was a particular highlight. Now, I don't think anybody doubted the fact that my mum was a particularly devoted Catholic. Teresa loved visiting our children's parishes for their weddings, christenings, communions, and confirmations. Any excuse for a spangly top. If she met an Irish person, that was an added bonus. For the past eight years, Mum lived in Clydeford Place. We would like to mention the care, respect and attention Teresa received from Grace and the staff. It meant such a lot to Margaret, Joseph and myself. She really loved her little flat and the connections she made with neighbours there, especially the people she had known for nearly 60 years from Hallside, the Prefabs and Westburn. Thank you all for coming today under such difficult circumstances. The family are overwhelmed and grateful for all the kind words, prayers and intentions. We'd especially like to thank Father Morton for the love, care and attention he showed to our mum. You're all welcome to attend the burial up at Western, uh, Westburn Cemetery after Mass. If you don't feel uh, you're up to it, you're also welcome to go straight along to the Whitefield Bowling Club and we'll see you after there for a cup of tea and a chat. So once again, thank you all for coming and uh, my mum will be thinking of you. Thank you. I think you stole my speech. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm older, 
Please stand. Let us pray. Lord God, whose Son left us in the sacrament of his body, food for the journey, mercifully grant that strengthened by it, our dear sister may come to the eternal table of Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. So before we go our separate ways, let us take leave of our dear sister. May our farewell express our affection for her, may ease our sadness and strengthen our hope. One day we shall joyfully keep the day, when the love of Christ which conquers all things destroys even death itself. Saints of God, come to her aid. Come to meet her, angels of the Lord. Receive her soul and present her to God the Most Of Abraham, and where Lazarus is poor no longer, may you find eternal life. 